Hello and welcome to Bookmarks, our book talk series here on the NBPL Podcasts channel. My name is Bethany and I will be your host for this episode. Hello everyone and welcome back. In this episode, I'm going to talk about nonfiction books for a change. I know that most of the time when we as librarians talk about books, we can't help but talk about fiction a lot of the time. That's because there is so much out there and it's also what a lot of people read most of the time and usually want recommendations on. But nonfiction deserves some time in the spotlight too. So today I'll be going over a list of titles that was put together by the staff here at the library. All titles mentioned in this episode are available through the library either in print, audiobook, or ebook format uh, from an e-reading service like Libby or Cloud Library. Because this is a list of staff picks, we didn't group things into categories like we have in other episodes, so I'll just be going through this list title by title. So without further ado, let's get started. The first title on our list is Seven Fallen Feathers by Tanya Talaga. With Indigenous issues coming to the forefront this spring and summer here in Canada, this book is a very timely read, uh, despite being published back in 2017. Though this book is a very specific look at a set of events, those wanting to learn more about residential schools and racism in Canada should add this to their reading list. In 1966, 12-year-old Chani Wenjak froze to death on the railway tracks after running away from a residential school. An inquest was called and four recommendations were made to prevent another tragedy. None of those recommendations were applied. More than a quarter of a century later, from 2000 to 2011, seven Indigenous high school students died in Thunder Bay, Ontario. The seven were hundreds of miles away from their families, forced to leave home and live in a foreign and unwelcoming city. Five were found dead in rivers surrounding Lake Superior, below a sacred Indigenous site. Jordan Wabas, a gentle boy and star hockey player, disappeared into the minus 20 degrees Celsius night. The body of celebrated artist Norval Morceau's grandson, Kyle, was pulled from a river, as was Kieran Strang's. Robin Harper died in her boarding house hallway, and Paul Panachis inexplicably collapsed on his kitchen floor. Reggie Bushy's death finally prompted an inquest. Seven years after the discovery of Jethro Anderson, the first boy whose body was found in the water. Using a sweeping narrative focusing on the lives of the students, investigative journalist Tanya Talaga delves into the history of this small northern city that has come to manifest Canada's long struggle with human rights violations against Indigenous communities. Our next title is Red Rum the Innocent by Kirk Macon. This one is for the true crime fans. This book is an older one, published in 1992, but timely because the real killer of Christine Jessup was identified last year. In 1992, after a stunningly botched police investigation and two unusual trials, Guy Palmorin was imprisoned for life for murder. Then, in 1995, Morin was the first convicted killer to be exonerated by DNA testing. This book is an examination of the flaws in Canada's justice system, focused on the trials, conviction, and eventual exoneration of Guy Palmorin, whose nine-year-old neighbor, Christine Jessup, was murdered in 1984. The next book is Bird by Bird, Some Instructions on Writing and Life by Anne Lamott. This is a writer's guide by way of memoir by author Anne Lamott. It's a great book to read whether you are an aspiring writer or just wish you could briefly peek into the mind of an author to get an idea of their process. 
As the blurb says, if you have ever wondered what it takes to be a writer, what it means to be a writer, what the contents of your school lunches said about what your parents were really like, this book is for you. From faith, love, and grace to pain, jealousy, and fear, Lamott insists that you keep your eyes open and then shows you how to survive. And always, from the life of the artist, she turns to the art of life. November is also NaNoWriMo, which, for those who don't know, is National Novel Writing Month. Uh, it is a, a month where people are encouraged to literally write a novel in 30 days. Um, so you write every day, you have a word count, um, and you just basically get it all down on paper, as they say. So if you're looking to take a break from your uh, novel writing this month, but are still looking for writerly inspiration, I would suggest having this book on hand. The next title is Braiding Sweetgrass by Robin Wall Kimmerer. This is a book that I have actually been reading for about a year, not because I read slowly or that I'm not enjoying it. It's because it's so popular I have to keep checking it back in so that other people can read it. Uh, but I also think that this book deserves to be read a bit slower so that the reader can really digest Kimmerer's words and lessons in each chapter. I find myself really needing to take a moment and digest what is in each chapter. This book is for anyone interested in environmentalism, indigenous teachings, and science. As a botanist, Robin Wall Kimmerer has been trained to ask questions of nature with the tools of science. As a member of the citizen Patawami nation, she embraces the notion that plants and animals are our oldest teachers. In Braiding Sweetgrass, Kimmerer brings these two lenses of knowledge together to take us on a journey that is every bit as mythic as it is scientific, as sacred as it is historical, and clever as it is wise. The next title on the list is The Woman Who Wasn't There, The True Story of an Incredible Deception by Robin Gabby Fisher. This one is an intriguing read about a deception perpetrated by a woman after the 9-11 attacks. A woman claimed to be a victim in the 9-11 attacks and subsequently gained a lot of media attention, but her story was a lie. This book traces the falsified story about denounced September 11th survivor Tanya Head, describing her interviews with the co-author and the discovery that she was not in America at the time of the attacks, in an account that offers insider analysis of human morality and need. I believe this story has also been made into a documentary recently, so if you're looking for perhaps a more detailed look at this story, I would suggest picking up this book. Our next title is The Library Book by Susan Orlean. This book is part investigation, part memoir, part love letter to libraries everywhere. In this book, award-winning New Yorker reporter and New York Times bestselling author Susan Orlean chronicles the LAPL fire and its aftermath to showcase the larger crucial roles that libraries play in our lives, delves into the evolution of libraries across the country and around the world, from their humble beginnings as a metropolitan charitable initiative to their current status as a cornerstone of national identity, brings each department of the library to vivid life through the on-the-ground reporting, studies arson and attempts to burn a copy of a book herself, reflects on her own experiences in libraries, and re-examines the case of Harry Peake, the blonde-haired actor long suspected of setting the fire to the LAPL more than 30 years ago. The last title on our list is Word by Word, The Secret Life of Dictionaries by Corey Stemper. This book is all about a job that you probably never knew existed, 
Word by Word is all about being a lexicographer, which is a person who compiles dictionaries and the world of dictionary writing. From the agonizing decisions about what to define and how to do it, to the naughty questions of ever-changing word usage, Stemper's writing is both hilarious and informative, so while you probably will snort laugh at least once into this book, you will also learn something, even if it's just the true meaning of the word pumpernickel. Trust me, once you know, you will not forget. I loved this book. I read it in print because it was lent to me, but it is available on Libby as an ebook, and it, it is just great. Like I said, you will definitely learn something. One, it'll be one of those facts that just sticks in your head about one particular word that you find fascinating. Also, there's a whole secret world of dictionary writing and editing that, you know, I never knew existed before this book. And I think more than anything, I found that really fascinating learning about a job that, of course, I knew probably somebody did, but didn't realize somebody was still doing. That is all for this episode. You'll find a link to the full list of titles mentioned in this episode, plus many more in the show notes. Until next time, happy reading, everyone. NBPL Podcasts is a production of the North Bay Public Library. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss future episodes. Also, if you know someone who might be interested in this series, please share this with them. Follow the North Bay Public Library on Facebook and connect with us on Twitter and Instagram at North underscore Bay PL.